BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's up, Buffalo Fanatics? Josh Allen here. Just wanted to say, uh, go Bills. Ladies and gentlemen, it's your boy back at it again with, uh, with, listen, we're not moving on to next week. That's just what it is. (laughs) We are moving on to next week. We are where we are. It's tough, but, uh, future's bright? Question mark? Ah, I mean, listen, leave that to the perception of a lot of people because some folks might think the future is not bright. Some think. The future is grim. Is the future grim for the Buffalo Bills or is it still bright? Because we have some really good pieces on this team that you can absolutely build to continue to build around, to strengthen this team, to do everything that all Bills want is to win a freaking championship. But we golly, we got to start from square one again, right? And it happens to every team. We just happen to be doing this for the, ah, feels like forever. Fifth, sixth straight year of us having to back out and rethink things and do things. But this year feels a little different. This year feels a little different. This offseason feels a little different, does it not? I mean, so many, so many directions we can go. Some feel that this team is still intact. Just a couple moves, and you're good to go. Or some people are on, and I've seen it. Believe me, when I've seen it, they say, go, crash everything. Start start over again. I don't think we're that in that position. I really don't. I think we're still a strength to win the AFC East. We're still a strength to compete yet again. But there are some things that... Uh, that we just... We just, we just got to get... We got to be better at. But that being said... I don't want to. I just want. I don't want this to be a a doom and gloom type of show. This is more so. Uh, you've had time to sleep on it. You've had time to see uh, other people's analysis. You've had time to dissect what people have been thinking and 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 saying, and your views potentially may have changed along the way. You might feel differently about Sean McDermott. 
than you did two days ago. Maybe you were all pro Sean McDermott, but now that you've given it some thought and you heard other people's opinions on the situation, you might be ready to say, you know what? On second thought, let's move on for Sean. Or you're looking at, I was ready to get rid of him. But when I think about it and I see what this team is about and I see what these players are talking about and so on and so forth, I'm ready to keep Sean McDermott. I mean, Stefan Dix, right? We can, we can, Vaughn Miller, what are we doing? Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer. What are we doing with Daquan Jones? What are we doing with Letter Floor? Are we bringing some guys back? Are we questions everywhere, right? Matt Milano, will he return to being the same? Trey White, do we resign him? Excuse me, do we, excuse me, do we release him? Or do we keep him thinking that maybe he'll go, he'll be where we need him to be? What, how do we attack this draft? Do we go receiver round one? Or do we go safety round one? So many questions. And uh, <laughs> it's going to be an, an interesting offseason. It really will. Now, let me, uh, let, me, let me just say one. Let me just begin by saying this. I want to appreciate and thank each and every one of y'all that have been tuning in and vibing with myself, my man Pierre, my man Zbot, my man Rev. I mean, we're, we're, we're the guys that you should go online. My guy, Thigh Doc, he comes online. My guy, Carl Jones, will be joining me shortly. Um, thank y'all for, for, you know what I mean, giving us a platform to kind of, I mean, and giving us your ears. And uh, really, I mean, dropping our opinions on certain things. Some things we agreed upon and some things we absolutely disagreed on. But at the end of the day, we were all for one squad. We all want the same thing. And uh, it's it's tough. It's tough. But I thank y'all because uh, we got to go through this. <laughs> so we got to go through this again. And uh, hopefully the end result is obviously winning a championship in Buffalo. And we go from there. But uh, I really do appreciate y'all been tuning in for real. It, uh, it really does mean a lot. Um, now, I do have to say this, though. Boy, do Bills fans have differing opinions. <laughs> oh, and, and it's good. It's really good because if we all thought the same, and we all felt the same. There'd be nothing to talk about. There'd be nothing to argue about because we're all on the same page. But thank goodness we don't because there are differing opinions on this team. There are really some different opinions on this team. And the one thing I do, there's so many topics that I do want to hit. And uh, one of them, let me just play this clip real quick. And uh, it was Brandon Bean uh, was referring to just a small piece because Brandon Bean had a, had a press conference today. And uh, there was a clip that I, I, I enjoyed, um, and he was referring to the character of players on this team, but more specifically, he was talking about Terrell Bernard. And it, and it, and it, and it brought something to me um, that, that I'm going to share right after this clip. Check this out. The doctors told us after the Pittsburgh game, like, you can, you can count him out for the Chiefs game. And this kid kept saying, every day, I'm playing. I'm playing. You saw him running in the pools. And we go work him out the day before the game. And he – some of the things looked good. Some of it he still struggled. And he got done and, and knew he couldn't do it. And just the tear – I mean, the tears in his eyes. I, was just, I almost had tears in my eyes. And that's what gets you excited. And you got guys like him on your team, you're going to go a long way. And – I had high respect for him, but this is a business, and sometimes guys make business decisions, and you understand it and respect it. 
this guy was going to go out there and play on one leg and one foot if he had to, and and we had to protect him from himself. The doc- could you guys hear that? I mean, some some folks were saying they couldn't hear it, but could you guys hear that? If you guys good, cool. Give me a thumbs up. Um, so that was Brandon Bean um, talking on Terrell Bernard, and he mentioned something. You know I mean, business decisions, wanting to be here, not wanting to be here. Um, and he was talking about how hard Terrell Bernard worked on trying to return and play. And you know these guys love this team. They love to play for McDermott. They love everything about football. I mean, they love playing. And I can tell you how much when players want to play, they'll do everything they can to try to get back in and play, right? Prime example, T.O. playing off of a, off a broken leg. He came back way sooner than people anticipated off of a broken leg in the Super Bowl and had a hell of a game as well, right? If Terrell Bernard could freaking play on one leg, he definitely would. About that, because when these young bucks, especially come in and want to play, they're trying to they're trying to do everything they can to try to get in there. But it was about Brandon Bean saying wanting to be here, making business decisions. The one thing that Brandon Bean is going to have to figure out this year is who wants to be here and who doesn't. And that goes for everybody in this roster, from Stefan Diggs to, to freaking Ty Johnson to you name it, DeMar Hamlin, you name it. To the damn, to all the way down to Sam Martin, all right? If you want to be here, be here. Show me you want to be here. You know what I'm saying? And your actions will speak louder than words for me. You can tell me all you want, but when I'm seeing you, the way you move, whether I'm talking about Stefan Diggs or whoever, if you want to be here, be here. Because that's the that's the number one, in, in my opinion, that's number one. Because when you want to be here, there's there's things that 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 come off different. When you don't want to be here, you could just you just it just comes off different. You could just tell. So whether whether Stefan Diggs wants to be here or not, or whether the rumors of his brother or Ste- or Stephen A. Smith saying he doesn't want to be here, fam. If you do want to be in Buffalo, man up and say, yo, I'm I'm in. I'm all in. I ain't trying to go nowhere else. I got I got myself a franchise quarterback. Whether we have something popping between us that's not great or chemistry fell off, we'll fix that. Or, yo, it's irreparable. We ain't fixing shit. So yeah, do I want out? I want out. Then bounce. And that's not, I'm, just, I'm not talking about just digs, man. I'm talking about anybody on the squad. That's the first thing Brandon B's got to figure out. Who the fuck wants to be here and who doesn't? Period. Don't just be here for the bag. Get your bag somewhere else. I'd rather pay you, you know what I'm saying, knowing that, yo, this guy's all in. He's going he's gonna to give it all. Real talk. And I'm not saying that some of them did not. But I'm only merely presenting what we've been talking about all year since the offseason. That's the first thing that Brandon B needs to figure out. Who the hell wants to be here or who doesn't want to be here? Point, period, blank. That's it, right? And when, when, he, when he brought that brought that up, it just got me thinking. Now, that's, that's one aspect that I wanted to, to touch on. Next aspect is, is, uh, is Coach, Coach McDermott. We've had time to sleep on it. We've had time to talk about it, blah, 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 right? And... Reading over the chats and reading over, you know I mean, and I love post game because that's when everybody's raw emotions are are out there. 
There's some some people are very calculated with the raw emotions. Some people are no filter. They just say what the hell they're feeling at the moment. Do they feel that way a couple of days later? Probably not. Or some people feel the way they feel, and that's how they feel going forward. And some people feel like Jonathan Dabrowski. Some people feel like Jonathan Dabrowski and say, fire the coach. I am on the opposite side of that, which is fine. We will have different opinions. However, however, with thoughts coming to my to my thoughts and and looking at what I've said over the months and what I what I see other teams are doing and what I've seen in the past, right? Sometimes you you really gotta you really gotta get over the uh, the things are things are good now, but like, do we see any changes, right? And that's that's what you got to figure out. I mean, a lot of us have been in relationships before where you're in a long-term relationship, but just doesn't seem like the relationship is going anywhere. It just seems like we're we're just we're good. We don't we don't not get along. We get along very well, but there's just something missing that that doesn't allow us to go, you know, say get to the next level. And that's where I'm 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 at right now. You know what I'm saying? Love, I love that coach. I, I'm I'm a big fan of McDermott. Don't ask me. I mean, you can ask me why, but I just do. I like McDermott. I like his character. I like what he I like what he stands for. And I love that he loves the squad, loves the, the city, and wants to win. He wants to be here. And he's doing everything he freaking can. And the players emanate that. They they regurgitate it back. I mean, even young, young linebacker. And Terrell Bernard was gushing about how he loves McDermott. He loves to play for McDermott. So neither here nor there, because a lot of the players love McDermott. And how you can know that by when they were six and six, they all said, let's bond, let's bind together, let's bond, bond together, and let's get everything popping. And they did. They ripped off six wins, five wins in a row. So that tells you they respect and love the coach, right? It's not what I'm talking about here. When it's all said and done, and when it, when it matters the most, in the playoffs, you got to get it done. That's it. There's no and, ifs, maybe, uh, well, if I, you just got to get it done. And losing three straight times to Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs. Tall task. It's a tall task, but not impossible. Tall task, but not impossible because it's been done before. We've beaten them before in regular season. But when it comes to the playoffs, it's a different ballgame. The Bengals did it. They're not, they ain't got no problems doing it. Tom Brady and, 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 and his team and his squad did it. So, like, it's not that it's not about It's just something is missing. Something's missing. And for me, the Pagulas are disappointed. It was actually put out there. The, the Pagulas are disappointed, but they still... They still got love for McDermott, but how long will that love, you mean, last? Because they're still going to love him, but there's going to come a time where sometimes when you love something, you got to let that, you know that saying, you got to let it go. And if it, you know what I mean, returns to you, nah, F that. It ain't returning. Sometimes you just got to make a decision to say, ah, it's been real. And for me, this upcoming year, this upcoming year, shit or get off the pot. And that goes to my man McDermott. And I like McDermott. I'm a big fan of McDermott. But there comes a time where it's not like you don't have the roster. Can't tell me that. It's not like you don't have the quarterback. You can't tell me that. It's not like you have a crap GM. 
You can't tell me that. You have one of the most expensive D-lines in the game. You had two of the best safety tandems in the game. I don't want. And I like me, Jeremy. Don't get me wrong. But, like, the facts are the facts, man. I saw, I wouldn't say alarming because, I mean, the, the, the results were the results. But there was something that was brought up, and I got to bring it up. I got uh, uh, one of my homies sent it to me in a tweet. Uh, excuse me, in a message, in a DM. And um, the tweet was from somebody by the name of Mookie Alexander. And it says something like, Sean McDermott's Bills defense in their last four playoff eliminations, three times to the Chiefs, and obviously one to the Bengals. 38 drives, 16 touchdowns, eight field goals, six punts, six kneel downs, end of half, one missed field goal, one turnover, 130 points allowed. That's 3.52 points per drive from a defensive coach. It's alarming. I know stats aren't everything, but that's a, that's a big-time stat. It's a big-time stat. And when it comes down to the playoffs, the unit that you are responsible for has not produced. It hasn't produced. So now you got to really start thinking, okay, what's, it doesn't match. What you give me in the regular season is cool. You give me a top five defense, top 10 defense, cool. But when you come to the playoffs, you give me mid. And I'm a big proponent of players play, coaches coach. And at the end of the day, players got to make the plays. But fam, the proof is in the pudding, man. Three straight to the Chiefs, one to the Bengals, and we did not show up defensively. Now, this game in particular, call it an excuse all you want. Facts are the facts. When you have your middle linebacker is AJ Klein that was just on his couch not too long ago having to cover a future Hall of Famer, still can play, and Travis Kelsey, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. You have a linebacker that's been on special teams most of the year playing officially in a big-time playoff game. You're going to be in trouble. You're going to be in trouble. And they took, they took advantage of it. Wasn't it, wasn't it, uh, uh, who was it? Wasn't it, uh, uh, what do you call, uh, our quarterback, Josh Allen talking about milk check. Do you remember when he's, uh, when he was mentioning milk check? Bro, it was milk day. It was milk day for the kid for Pat Mahomes and Kansas City Chiefs. But that's not that's neither here nor there. The end result is what matters. End result. Period. And next year, bro, you gotta you gotta get it done. And and by getting it done, it doesn't mean you gotta win the Super Bowl. And that's what it is. Because that'd be unfair to say you're get you gotta get, but you've got to be able to get past Pat Mahomes. You've got to. Figure out a way because especially it's your defensive unit that's responsible for stopping that man. Now, he is elite to stop a – you can't just say stop Pat Mahomes. It's like saying stop Josh Allen. You, you can only try to contain a guy like Josh Allen. You can only try to contain someone like Pat Mahomes. But this brother went 17 for 23, two, two and change. He did, what he, he did what he wanted to us. Nine yards a pop, like almost 10 yards a throw. Like he did what he wanted to us. Yeah, he was one and five on third downs. But he was getting first down after first down. You know what I'm saying? Like there was a couple of times that we had some, we made some stops. We made them stops 
when it mattered in the end of the game. And at the beginning, we forced them to two field goals. But McDermott, I'm looking at you, brother. You got to get it done next year, bro, because if you don't, the Pagulas are going to make a decision. And I would not even be mad at it because sometimes you just got it. You've seen it happen. Andy Reid was a fantastic coach. I'm sure it was difficult for the Eagles to say, you got to go. It's not getting done. It's not getting done. Marvin Lewis. Not getting done, bro. You got to go. Right? They did the same thing to, uh, to, uh, to Coach Love with the Bears. You got to go. So there comes a time where you're like, enough is enough already. And I'm, and I'm with you. And, uh, and I'm not saying what y'all were saying, I was not validating it. It was all valid what you guys were saying. But then you got to look at the totality of how long this brother's been here and what he's done. You got to thank him for what he's done because he's got this thing over the hump in terms of getting us back to being competitive again. Oh, fam. Problematic. It is problematic. You're looking at this team and say, yo, this team is too damn talented to not being able to have more AFC championships or at least getting to the dance. We should be actually getting to that dance at least every time. But guess what? There are other good quarterbacks in this damn division. <laughs> there are other good in this conference. And you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to beat Pat Mahomes. You're gonna have to beat Joe Burrow. If Joe Burrow was still doing his thing with the Bengals, bro, who knows if we make the playoffs? The Bengals took some, some critical losses in order for us to even even been there. I gotta give it to Acho, uh, Emmanuel Acho. He goes, let's let's not forget. It took all the way up to week 18 for these guys to even make the playoffs. There was a chance they weren't going to make the playoffs. There absolutely was a chance. The Jaguars win and all those little things happen and the Miami Dolphins don't throw a game to whoever the hell they were playing. Things change. So, like, we got to look at the totality of the season and into the playoffs. So, Things things are going to change in McDermott. It starts with McDermott, and he's gonna he's gonna have to get his shit together. And this this roster is gonna change. This roster is gonna change. Check this out. Here's what here's what the team is working with. I don't know if you guys can see this properly. It's I really wish I could have made it larger. You know what? Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm actually going to share my screen. I'm gonna show you guys something. And as I as I go to go share my screen. Understand this. Gabe Davis, most likely gone. Micah Hyde, most likely gone. Expiring contract, right? Will they bring him back? Who knows? Jordan Poirier, who knows what we do with Joe Poirier? Is Jordan Poirier coming back? We signed him on a multi-year deal. He's probably got one more. Well, are they going to say, you know what? We got to cut ties because it's just time. That's another that's something that's something else for us to look into, right? What are we doing? What are we doing with uh with Trey White when he returns? Are we are we even bothering with Trey White? Do we do we feel confident enough that he's going to compete at a high level? So let me show you guys something. I'm going to share my screen here so you guys have an idea of what I'm talking about, what I'm referring to. Hopefully you guys can see my screen. I'm going to bring myself to the bottom here. 
so it actually looks looks up. So right now, the Bills offseason notables, right? So we are sitting with the 28th overall pick. In my opinion, if you don't have, I mean, I doubt they trade up because we need as many. Before I even know what's happening, I'm looking to trade down and acquire more picks because that's what we're going to need because we ain't got no money. <laughs> we broke. We are projected at $43 million over the cap. Over the cap. There are things that we are able to do, and I'll break that down in just a moment. Here are your notable free agents. And there are, there are far more, but here are the main ones that you want, you want to see. Gabe Davis, Dave Edwards, Daquan Jones, AJ Epinesa, Tyrell Dotson, Dane Jackson, Micah Hyde. That is a big core of this team. Candidates to extend, you got Deion Dawkins and Teron Johnson. That, that'll alleviate a little bit of money in the pocket. Do you want to extend Deion Dawkins? Are you looking to do that? Teron Johnson, concussion issues and so on and so forth. Do you do that with him? I am. Dive a little deeper to see what's going on here. So not only are those guys that uh, I just mentioned to you that are going to be up, you got Damian Harris. Whether we bring him back, I highly doubt. Ty Johnson, I'd love to bring Ty Johnson back. Latavius Murray, thank you for your services. He's going to be back to be free agency. And Naeem Himes will definitely come back because they asked Brandon Bean, is Naeem Hines in your plans without any hesitation? Yes, is what his answer was. Gabe Davis, Trent Sherfield, definitely gone. Deontay Hardy, who knows if we bring him back? Did he do anything enough for you to warrant him coming back? Heck no. And plus, if we're bringing back Naeem Hines, Naeem Hines takes over return duties. So Deontay Hardy, most likely gone. Dave Edwards, Connor McGovern. Mitch Morse. Mitch Morse has the ability that we can extend. We can give him a base salary and give it to him full and kind of move some things around, or we can let him go. We'll see what they do with that. That is going to be an interesting scenario on what we do with Mitch Morse. Then you got Daquan Jones, Tim Settle, Jordan Phillips, Puno Ford, Linval Joseph. Look at all these. De the defense is going to change, folks. Edge defenders, Leonard Floyd, Shaq Nawson, A.J. Epinesa, Von Miller. What do we do with Von Miller? Are they going to keep him? He's got a dead cap of $15 million. You don't just get rid of that. Then you got Tyrell Dotson. Ty My gosh, man. That's a lot of things to happen. Then you got Micah Hyde, Dane Jackson, Taylor Rapp. We should be able to tailor bring Taylor Rapp back if he decides to come back. And what kind of money is he going to be asking for? Cam Lewis. On the bubble, Tredavious White. What do we do, Tredavious White? Saran Neal, DeMar Hamlin. I'm good with DeMar Hamlin. I mean, it was cool that we kept him on the squad, but you got to go, bro. You got to go. So, can we clear things, some things up? Absolutely. You release Saran Neal, release Naeem Hines. I doubt they do that, but if you do release him, $4.9 million, we get back. So, they might release him and try to bring him back. Deontay Hardy frees up $4 million. DeMar, Hill, DeMar frees up a, a million. So right now, there's your 10 mil right here. There's 11. You give Josh Allen, you process his full salary base, $6 million into conversions and bonus conversions. There you go. You free up $22 million. So we can get back into the graces by moving some things around and look at all these guys I got to go. So Mitch Morse. Process a full base salary, 1 million roster bonus conversion on Mitch Morris. 
You free up $5.3 million. You bring him back. Extending Teron Johnson. You lower his from 12.4, hit from the 2024. Johnson projects towards 14 mil. So there's some savings there. So there are ways that Brandon Bean, you already know, Brandon Bean is going to make some changes. He's going to do some things. But this landscape, this team, woo, a lot of changes are coming our way. A lot of changes are coming our way. So this is where Brandon Bean, and, and this is why I say McDermott, bro, you had the roster. You had the pieces. You had the youth on your side. When I say youth, these guys were young, younger. You know what I mean? Vibrant, energetic, ready to go. But when you keep losing to the same team, yo, it takes away. It takes a lot away of what you're trying to do. Very tough. So that being said, we got a lot of changes coming to Buffalo, man. My man, Brian Bear says, yo, what's up, y'all? He says, yo, this is looking more like a Jordan and the Bulls. There were many good teams back then that couldn't beat them like my Knicks. We're just unlucky to be playing in the same era as Mahomes. Bro, you ain't lying, man. And not only do we have Mahomes, you got to deal with Joe Burrow. Now, I don't know what you want to call Joe Burrow. <laughs> Whether Joe Burrow is, I don't know. I mean, I didn't, I didn't see many teams that got, I mean, listen, if you want to call the, the Pistons, Mahomes were the Pistons, whatever you want to look at, but we've got some, some people that are going to be in the way. We got some, we got some guys that are going to be in the way and we got to fix that. We really do. So brand on this Brandon Bean, I'm going to put a button in this Brandon Bean topic, Brandon Bean. I'm a fan of Brandon Bean, but yo, next year, it's either shit or get off the pot, man. You've got to show us that you can get over the hump. And by getting over the hump, it's about getting over the hump on Pat Mahomes. Now, some people feel the same way, and they love they love this team. They feel that McDermott is got to go, or sometimes or they feel like this is it. Some people are like, but Josh has got to get over the hump. Don't just, don't just look at the coaching, because you can't blame it on the coaching. I think it's lazy to blame it on the coaching. It's lazy. You got to look at the players. And it starts with Josh Allen because he's paid $250 million. Now, I do have something to say about that. And this is the best way I can, I can explain it. Best way I can try, I can try to explain it. Because I was talking, who was it? I was talking in the group chat about this. Every year, we, we count on our guy Josh to get the job done. And it's fair. It's fair to count on our guy to get it done because we pay him a tremendous amount of money. He is he is a he's one of the top dogs in this game. But he just for some reason is it, just is not getting done. And it's not because he is not good enough to get the job done, because that's not the case at all. He is elite. He is one of the best in the game. But is he, results is what we need. Tom Brady finds ways. I mean, listen, they counted that brother out against the Atlanta Falcons, 28 to 3. But you always have a chance with Tom Brady, right? And Tom Brady methodically came back. Dunk here, dunk there, mid-range here, dunk here, and caught right back up and did that. 
I'm going to tell you, man. We need to put the pieces around Josh Allen in order for us to, to really do get over the hump because there were some crucial plays in that game that could have shaped this game completely different. When you trotting out Trent Sherfield, and he's not able to make plays when the ball hits around the bicep, you couldn't have asked for it. The ball was so damn accurate. He was able to pinpoint you on your outside bicep. Drop. You go to Stefan Diggs. Right in what we call the bucket. Drop. You got to be able to help your quarterback out because he's making plays. He was methodical all game long until it was time for him to take the shot and he took the right shots and we let him down. We let him down. We let Josh Allen down. Our receivers did not show up. We're paying Stefan Diggs 20 plus million dollars. 20 plus million dollars. This boy was playing like he had the same salary as Trent Shurfield and Deontay Hardy. You gave us the performance of a Trent Shurfield and Deontay Hardy. We can't have that happen. We can't. What's up with that, man? We pay you big money. We pay you big money. I didn't see any of that. You drop a ball. What is this? Shit, my blood was boiling, fam. My blood was boiling. I'm I'm still not over this loss because I'm still pissed off. I don't I don't feel like it's as bad as the, the Bengals game. The Bengals game is I'm still pissed out on the on the I'm still pissed off about that Bengals game. This one's a different type of pissed off. We fell short everywhere. Special teams, defense, offense, we fell short. We weren't good enough. And I'll say this, man. I'll be real. Josh Allen was great. He was. Did he have some blunders in that game? Absolutely. Pat Mahomes was better. Josh Allen was great. Pat Mahomes was better. There's no disputing it. Everything, I mean, listen, that pass to Khalil Shakir, the stutter step, rolling to your right, excuse me, to your left, passing it with you, squaring up, getting your hips straight, and zinging that to the corner of the end zone with that beautiful catch by Shakir, unbelievable. Unbelievable. And then you got the drops. You got the fumble from Josh Allen that got saved by recovery. He almost also threw an interception that could have been taken back to the house for six. So he was he was great. Pat was better. And there are things that we've got to get over the hump. Is it a mentality? Is it a different voice that they need? Chemistry was off. Could they not just get over that hump? Who knows what it was? 
Signified note says, yo, 28 to 3 is a terrible analogy. Tom wasn't out there playing defense, making Matt Ryan shit his pants. Yes, Tom did his job. The rest of the team did too. At some point, some other just Josh Allen has to step up. It's not a terrible analogy at all. What I'm trying to tell you is that when you have someone that's great, like Tom Brady being down 28-3, you got to make plays on the offensive side of the ball to give yourself a chance. That's called greatness. That's what I'm talking about. And if you want to stick on the same analogy, right, the defense is doing the thing. Guess what? The defense did do their thing. They got to stop at the end of the game. They gave the ball back to Josh Allen. Josh Allen had the ball to pretty much end the game if he wanted to. Let's be real. Don't be in your feelings. I told you guys, don't be in your feelings. Just listen to the word. Don't be in your feelings. Get your feelings out of this thing, right? The ball was given back. The defense did their job. Two defensive stops at the beginning of the game held the Patriots, excuse me, the Chiefs to, to six points, two field goals. All right? Kept them in the game still. At the end of the game, fourth quarter, defense came through, said, here you go. Here's the ball back. Go get us to win, Josh. I mean, we could, we could dissect this all I want, all you want. But I'm going to tell you this. He had two decisions to make. Either take the shallow or hit the touchdown. He went for the gusto. He went for the touchdown. No problem with that. It was a great read. It was a solid read still. He was open. He, didn't, he just didn't make the throw. But he didn't make the throw because the defensive line pushed his offensive tackle into him. That's football. <laughs> That's football, man. How many times is, this, is, is the pocket muddy? These guys practice that all day. The pocket's money, step into it, try to make a throw. They make it. Not, not faulting him. It's just that we didn't get it done at the end of the game. And that's what I'm talking about. Results. The results didn't come through. We did not put up the results that we needed. Now, hindsight, take the shallow route. Either Diggs gets the first down or he heads out of bounds, gets the first down, and you kill clock. And now you've got a full set of downs. And now you got to make them burn their timeouts and kill clock. We still have control. Still have a chance. And not only that, you're closer for your kicker. Right? So many things you can kind of play with, right? So many things. That's why I'm not here to go, ah, blame this part of black. It's we didn't get the job done. I said it. Special teams didn't get the job done. Defense didn't get the job done. Neither did the offense. This was a total loss on all of us. Sucks. It's just what it is. But I, I, have my I have my perceptions on this game. So does my guy, Carl Jones. And uh, when he's ready, there he goes. Ladies and gentlemen, maybe I'm tripping. Maybe he'll set me back and say, yo, shut your ass up. You don't know what you're talking about. Maybe. Or I might fight back and say, no, you don't know what you're talking about. I don't give a damn if you're on that sideline. We're going to fight. Because I'm ready for it. <laughs> Like Carl Jones. What's up, Carl? What's up? What's up? Hi. I mean, I would ask how you doing, but I got kind of can get the vibe based off the 20 seconds I joined was in the backstage, my man. But I hope all is well outside of that. <laughs> Listen, I'm great. I had a three-hour ser uh, therapy session right after the game. I got it out of my system. But now I'm more, I'm more coming into into with grit into grips with what we should do going forward. Um because I'm asking myself, what the hell's next for this team? And uh, before we get to what's next for this team, we got to recap what happened in this Chiefs game. Josh, listen, can both these can both these statements be true? Josh Allen is great. So is Pat Mahomes. He's great. 
One of them's gonna have to win. Can't have both winners. You know what I mean? It's just what it is. And I made a comparison. Some people got upset about this, and I don't give a damn because it's just what it is. And I'm before I even bring this up, physically and statistically, and the type of quarterback these two are are not the same. But you know what is the same? The results. You're probably like, what the heck are you talking about, Rico? The results are the same. You grew up being a Cleveland, Cleveland uh, Browns fan, correct? Correct. I got you. I'm not, you know, I'm not going there with that. I'm trying to, where's my picture? I'm trying to find my picture so I can put it up there. Check this out. Folks, from 06 to 09, and from 20 to 23, look at these results from both the Bills and the Chargers. Phillip Rivers was a quarterback. Josh Allen being the quarterback. Ah, you can't compare those two quarterbacks. They're not the same. I know they're not the same. But you know what are the same? Results. This is a results-driven business. 46 and 18. 48 and 18. 3 and 4 in the playoffs. 5 and 4 in the playoffs. Four division titles, four division titles, 28 points per game, 20 points per game, 19 points defensively allowed, 19 points on this side. One AFC appearance, four division around appearances. The same. Results-driven business. You can hate me all you want for that, but that's just what it is. I'm not saying they're the same quarterback. They're not. Josh is miles ahead. But it's a results-driven business. You know who he had to go against? He had to go against Peyton Manning. He had to go up against Big Ben. He had to go up against Tom Brady. Like, those were some badass dudes. It's just the era he was in. And I hope, because Josh is still young enough, that they put pieces around his ass that we can get the job done against Pat Mahomes, Joe Burrow, CJ Stroud is going to be in this conversation as well. You got Trevor Lawrence that's going to be in this conversation. They're going to boost up things for Trevor Lawrence. Pat Mahomes, obviously. I'm probably missing a quarterback or two. Deshaun Watson, who knows if he returns to the Deshaun Watson. I don't know if he is ever going to return to Deshaun Watson. But you catch my drift. Don't be in your feelings, Bills fans. I'm just, I'm, we're just having a conversation. So, my guy, your thoughts on this last game <laughs> with these Chiefs? <laughs> Where you want me to start? First off, on that graphic you just uh, yep. put out there, I don't think that's, like, the wrong way to view it. It's the results-driven business and how this thing works. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think when you look at it from the, the bird's-eye view, I, I think that there's a lot of merit to that. I mean – the Bengals have gone to a Super Bowl. Um, the Chiefs have obviously gone there several times. Um, who knows if the Ravens are able to climb the mountaintop this Sunday, and maybe they'll go. And then you kind of compare that to the to the Chargers of the late 2010, I mean, the late 2000s, excuse me, where you mm -hmm. had those Steelers teams, where you had those Patriots teams, where you had those Colts teams who were all vying for that trip to the, to the, to the big dance, and the Chargers, unfortunately, were never able to get there. The one difference between those two teams, well, like you said, the results are the results, is that one team does have Josh and the other team have Phillip Rivers, who is still probably on the edge of being Hall of Fame, Hall of Very Good type of quarterback, but he's not Josh at once nope. their careers are in totality. But, yeah, I, I think there are some some similarities with that comparison that I think hold weight for sure. I don't think that's a out of – I've seen some out-of-pocket stuff over the past two days. That is far down the list of things that are I would consider out-of-bounds at all. I've seen some out-of-pocket things as well. What was the most out-of-pocket thing you saw uh, in these last couple of days? Oh, man. Well, 
not just this game, but I saw someone compare Brock Purdy to, to Joe Montana. That was crazy as, as hell to me. Excuse my French. Saw mm-hmm. that one. Um, I've seen some where um, – seen some people call, like, Josh Allen, like, a, a B-tier quarterback, things of that nature. For, for me, I don't like this era that we live in. And I get it. I, it draws interest. It draws ratings and clicks. I get all that. But, like, Josh Allen didn't lose. The Buffalo Bills did. Sean McDermott did. Brandon Bean did. Like, like that's the comparison that needs to be made here. And, the, and I understand why we do it because the casual viewer at home is going to be able to tell off first glance who Josh Allen is. And it's easier to do that as opposed to the left tackle who was getting his butt whipped in certain situations or the wide receivers who weren't getting open or Stephon Diggs who dropped an inexplicable pass 60 yards down the field. So I get it. But I think the whole quarterback to quarterback thing boggles my mind, considering that um, Patrick Mahomes is a fine quarterback, the best in the league, and is on his trajectory to be one of the best, if not the, we've ever seen, right? But that game, being down there on the sideline, was much more than those two. It was a phenomenal uh, display of talent on both sides of the ball. And unfortunately, there's a winner and a loser. And for the third year in the last four, the Bills fall at the hands of them. Fall at the hands of them. And that's what it is. So you're on the sideline. You see what's happening. I'm not saying there was a I'm sure the vibe was was still high pins. And I mean, that's just what it is when it comes to the Bills and the Chiefs. It's who has the ball last or who makes the first mistake. Neither of those guys made it turn the ball over. So it was who was going to have the ball last and who makes the 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 design, the, the design play to make it happen. And Josh had the ball in and the offense had the ball to control the rest of the way. And they didn't get it. Jo- they get the job done. Is the problem head coaching? Because I everybody wants to go and blame the head coach. In my opinion, I think it's a lazy take. I think it's it's I don't think it's warranted. Fire the head coach. Like it's the it's the easiest thing to do is fire the head coach. What tells you that the next coach that comes in is going to give us anything better? They tried, they did the same thing with Rex Ryan. Bring in Rex Ryan. He's gonna he's gonna be the answer. Was it the answer? Heck no, he wasn't the answer. They bounced his ass out not too long after. So to say it's the coach, fire the coach. I personally don't agree with it, but what are your thoughts on it? And and I've come to the conclusion now. He's got one more. He's got another year now. You got to give me another year now. If you can't get something done now, I've had I've had enough of a sample size that I can say okay, from year one to year seven, I think it's gonna go for for year seven now. It ain't we ain't. It's not cutting it, bro. It's not cutting it. And I love you and all, but we got to make a change. We got to make a change for the betterment of the franchise and the team. But your thoughts on? Fire that coach. Coach is the problem. How do you feel about that? I don't think McDermott's the problem, and I and I want to. I don't want to talk both talk out both sides of my mouth here. Yep. It, um, over the past three months with that battered defense deserves a lot of credit. A lot of credit. It deserves a ton. But I think one thing that does need to be said out loud that I don't know has been said is the four playoff exit they've had of, of late. The defense hasn't answered the bell, and you can say injuries. You can say that. But they haven't like last year at home against Joe Burrow. They walked up and down the field in a blizzard this year. Obviously, your AJ Klein was watching the Christmas Day games with you and I. But unfortunately, he was out there and had to play. And once again, Patrick Mahomes, I believe, punted once, if I'm not mistaken. And I was in the fourth quarter. Um, Then you obviously have the 13 seconds game where they put up damn near 40. And then the year before that, where they almost did it again. So, like, I'm not here to say that he's not a good coach. What he did this year was phenomenal. If you look at this year in a vacuum, he would get coach of the year honors if they weren't six and six at one point this year and had to fire an OC, right? So I think he's a tremendous coach. But I do think some things run his course. I mean, I saw the the, the Gruden and the Andy Reid thing up there. Like, 
that whole summit, like Andy Reid was a phenomenal coach, even in uh, even in Philly, he was a great coach. Then you don't make it to four NFC Championship games and be a trash coach. Like this isn't college football here. Um, so I do think he's a fantastic coach, but some things run his course. I do think he is owed another year just based off of the the hand he was dealt this year. But um, I'm with you on the on the line of you know what, give him another year this year. Like I told you early on, man. Next man up sound real good until the next man is someone who was watching the Christmas Day games with you and I. Facts. It, it's and it, and it's it's unfortunate because you want to blame someone. This is this is right. the, the 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 generation I guess we're in. Where oh you drinking out of Stanley Cup? Why don't you like those things? Is that what they call them? These big old Stanley Cup things. Hey, my water warm. I mean water cold. That's all I need, baby. That's all I need. <laughs> you know that. Um, but it, it's to me. I just can't. I just. I just don't see it because if they're not playing for that coach, then you gotta get rid of him. I.e., Josh McDaniels. Nobody effed with him. They got him out of there. They got him out of Dodge. Staley. They didn't mess with that brother. They got him out of Dodge. You feel me? I don't feel that that we're in that realm of get him out of Dodge because ain't nobody respect him. He is well respected in the locker room. They play for him still. He loves it. I don't gotta tell you anymore. But this is a results-driven business as well. And we talk about results and we talk about, I mean, people not liking that. I'm saying that this Bills team and, and Josh Allen leading this team is no different than Rivers and that in that team they had in San Diego. You know what I'm saying? Not getting the job done. It's just what it was. Now, do they have to make a change after this year? Cool. Now, another thing, too, is I'm not 100% sold on giving the job, the offensive coordinator job, to Joe Brady. How do you feel about that aspect of it? Do you think that he now will he get an opportunity to get the job? Absolutely, but are, is it set in stone that they should give him the job? I don't personally think so, and I think they should be looking exterior wise to find out who is going to be the best fit for this this team. How do you feel about this Joe Brady situation? I know you know him well and know of him well. Excuse me. Um, do you give him that job, or is it something that you got to give other opportunities to come and see how this is going to vibe and make this thing work? I think he's the clubhouse leader, but I wouldn't say turn down any outside interview request and just hand up the job to Brady. I do think, obviously, they talked about it today, um, Brandon Bean and then Josh a little bit, a little bit yesterday as well, where he had his own little imprint on the offense for sure, but it wasn't like this was his offense. You, you know, it's kind of hard midseason to just make things yours, right? I like, obviously, I told you before he became the coach that the running backs are going to be more of an integral piece, the middle, uh, the middle part of the field, kind of how Sean Payton uses his guys. And he he added that little flavor to the Bills, right? But it's hard to, you know, oh, my gosh, like just rip everything up and it's my thing. Middle of the year, that takes practice and months and months upon the repetition. So um, I do think that he's earned the right to go into it next year. But I want to say this, though, if there is someone out there in the in the cycle that you that blows you away and that you're like, yo, this is the guy. I'm like, hey, man, Brady, what you did for three months is so darn good. I'm not going to entertain this guy or something like that of that nature. Um, so that's kind of how I feel about it. He's a clubhouse leader, um, but I'm not going to shut down the interview process at all. I'm 100 percent. And that's why I want to jump into the good, the bad, the ugly of this past game. And then we can kind of and then I want to transition to getting your thoughts on future of this team and what needs to happen, because there's some major changes coming our way major changes and you're going to be there covering it and uh it's going to be fun now the good in this game uh I'll, i mean listen we can go back and forth i'll, I'll let you jump in there and, and talk about what you felt good about and uh what uh, what stood out to you as the good in this game 
I'm going to start with 17. I thought that he played um, a, a game that was good enough to win. I, I, I did. I believe really, obviously the throw to Shakir was ridiculous. I, I mean, I, I was in that back corner of the end zone. So, like, the ball was coming directly towards me. And I'm seeing Snead out the corner of my eye. And I'm like, there's only one place he can put this. And he put it there. So, uh, I mean, he, it was a phenomenal play. Um, and I do think, and we'll, we'll, and I'll dive into this a little bit more later as we get into the ugly, but all year people have wanted to, to ask Josh, hey, take the check down, take the, the easy money when the situation presents itself. And quite frankly, they would have won the Jets game week one if he played in that, in that manner, right? I mean, uh-huh. if he would have took the easy plays, they would have won that game and he wouldn't have had four turnovers, I believe is what he yep, ended up with. So he's matured throughout the year to get to the point where he's not forcing the ball downfield in ugly situations. So I'll give him credit for that. The issue with that is that you don't have the yak guys who can maybe always win against the Chiefs defense who you watch them back on film and I fall in love with how they play football. They fly to the football. They tackle really well. They rally. And when that stuff happens, man, they were like, you know what? We're going to rally to the football and we're going to try to tackle you guys in space and because we feel like this is what we do best. We have a Trent McDuffie. We have a Nick Bolton. We have a Justin Reed. We have a LeJarrius Sneed. We have a Willie Gay. We have these guys who are freak of Zoids athletes. We don't mind tackling you guys three, four yards because that's where it's going to stop. You ain't getting, you ain't turning this five yard catch into 20. Right. So I think that's the yin and yang. But regardless, if everyone's wanted to ask, well, why didn't Josh Allen throw for 350? Go watch that game again. You tell me where was 350 available outside of the drop. It wasn't. <laughs> outside of the drops they had, the 350 wasn't available. It, it definitely wasn't. I, and I don't give that to you. And um, I, I'll listen, I'll say this. The, the good for me, I mean, I mean, it, it's obvious. Kill Shakir. Shakir is he's a budding star. He's a budding star, and uh, and he's building. He's used this season to build the trust with Josh Allen to build enough that next year, the, I'm telling you right now, fantasy y'all, jump on Kalusha Shakir for your fantasy receiver. I'm not telling you, I'm not telling you to say take him first round, but yo, pay attention. Put a star, put a star next to that to that brother, and and draft that brother because he is going. Shakir has been a breath of fresh air for this offense because aside from Josh Allen, excuse me, aside from Stefan Diggs, I mean, where are you looking? Because there was so much inconsistency with Gabe Davis, unfortunately, that you had to look elsewhere. I mean, obviously, he's still building his, his chemistry with, obviously, Dalton K, but Shakir came out of nowhere and did what he was supposed to do. Loved what I saw from Kilo Shakir, and, I'm, and we're building on that. That is amazing to see. And what a freaking catch. The throw was something, but you have to come down with that catch. That was incredible. My goodness, man. Because I'm like, yo, if if he caught that and it didn't bobble, and unbelievable. And he absolutely crushed that. My goodness. I loved every bit about, about that big up on him. Um, let me get another another good in here. And that, you know, I'll let you pass. I'll pass on to the no, you got it. I ain't got much. You go, All you got right. it. <laughs> let me tell you the good. As much as you, we want to rag on this defense, we want to get on this defense. But when push came to shove, they got the stops necessary at, in the fourth quarter against one of the best, if not the best quarterback in the game right now, Pat Mahomes, and the best tight end in the game, and Travis Kelsey, and they got the stops necessary. Even when we gave them a free down when it shouldn't have been, when Doran Williams kind of checked the receiver within the allotted yards, and they called up a, a, a passenger and you can't you can't make that up but that's what happened right but the defense buckled down and made a stop 
Not only that, they force a turnover and give the ball right back to Josh. Right. And I and I went and I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe my eyes when people were like, Yeah, but we're the defense made a stop, but like we got gifted with that. I mean, it, 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 I couldn't believe I heard gifted. Since when is forcing a turnover a, a gift? A, we got gifted that. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's it boggles my mind. So um the fact that the defense came through at the end because nobody expected it. Everybody after that fake punt was like, there's the game. I'm- Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm sure you were thinking it. I'm sure the whole the whole fan base was like, there it is. We went for the fake punt. We failed it. We just gave Pat Mahomes the ball on the 30-yard line. They're cashing in. With a 29-yard run by Pacheco, you're like, oh, it's, it's a wrap. And then that happened. And the defense stood up and made and gave the ball back to the offense. Give them credit for that part. They weren't great all game, but they were great when they needed to when they gave back the ball to Josh Allen. So the good for me is the defense in the last quarter, the last bit to give the ball back to Josh. That's where I stand. How about you? Uh, dude, uh, I, I mean, I ain't got much for you because based off how that game ended is. It, it, That's cool. Because yeah. we gonna move. <laughs> we gonna move. We gonna move to the bad. Now I'm sure there's a few things that stood out to you. Now I'll let yeah. you start off with the bad. Yeah, the defensive line. I think that was the part of the game that uh, coming in. I, uh, someone asked me like, "What were my keys to the game?" And I was like, "It's definitely that group." Because I was the only relatively healthy group. I know Jordan Phillips was out, but he wasn't a, a starter. No. So you, you have your four guys that are, and, and you know, a couple of edge guys who are rotating in as well. And they never really impacted Mahomes. When you watch that game back on film, Mahomes was far too comfortable. And look, I get it. Blitzing him is not a good idea. He's one of the best quarterbacks we've ever seen hold a pick skin against the blitz. So I understand why you don't want to do it as often. Wholeheartedly agree. Which means you have to win with four. And this is a Chiefs offense that all year has struggled, especially at the tackle position, because they cannot hold up. The right tackle, Jawan Taylor, leads the NFL in penalties. He's just been inconsistent all year. Donovan Smith, I know they got him back for this week, but he wasn't great either. I mean, he th- there was a reason why their running game struggled all year. There's a reason why they could never stay on schedule because their tackles were that inconsistent. And this game, the healthy group for the Bills couldn't win, couldn't dominate, never forced Pat to be uncomfortable, don't think he sweated, and that's an issue. It really does when the rest of your defense is leaking. You have A.J. Klein, you have um, Tyrell Dodson out there who's banged up, you have no Taylor Rapp, no Christian Benford. You need the healthy group to kind of put their game, put the team on their back. And it didn't happen. Quite frankly, it it didn't happen. And that's, to me, obviously you can say what you want about the missing guys, but that is the biggest red mark, biggest mark for this game for me. I'm going to, I'm going to agree with that wholeheartedly. That defensive front just went MIA. They just went, we needed more. And this is the game. If you're going to put anything on the line, this is it. This is, you're going up against the best. So this is, my trench versus your trench, and let's see how it goes. And uh, listen, seventeen for twenty-three tells you everything you need to know. And uh, of those, of those three, of those six uh, incompletions, um, you're going to count them as kneel down. One of them was a kneel down. 
what I'm saying? Or whatever. I think, what was it? I, I remember reading something and they're telling about every incompletion that he had. And basically he had five incompletions. You know what I'm saying? One of them was the toss out. When he was running to the sideline, he switched it to his left hand and tossed it out. You know what I'm saying? They're going to count that as that. But anyway, neither here nor there. It's just he was able to do what he needed to do with that defense. Granted, we were depleted, but that defensive front was as healthy as it can be, and we didn't get the job done. It's as simple as that. But when you have AJ Klein, I mean, that was supposed to be in his family, and you got, you're got going up against tight end like Travis Kelsey, what can you do? Not a whole lot. You got not a whole lot. Um, For me, the bad is, let me just tell you this, man. I mean, I think I don't want, I don't know if I threw, I'd put it in the bad or the ugly. I'm going to put it in the ugly. Uh, and uh, that's the fake punt. I don't know if I actually put it bad or ugly, but either way, it wasn't great. But I respect it. And here's how I'm going to explain myself by saying that. Now, before I even address that, uh, there is something that I wanted to address. I wanted to address Joe 335. Rico clearly didn't watch the game. That defense was atrocious. Congratulations. You got two stops on game. You, bro, Joe, I'm trying to be as nice as I can when I'm, when I'm saying this because, you know what I'm saying, you're here watching, so I appreciate you. Um, but the two stops, it don't matter if you don't stop a team all effing game. But if you get the stops when you need it, that's what matters at the end of the day because if they get the ball back and Josh actually scores and we win the game, do you know what we're celebrating? The defense made a stop to give the ball back to Josh. That's what we'll be celebrating. Forget about what you've done all game. If I hit 49 free throws you know what I'm saying? All game, and I missed the last one. You're gonna dismiss the 40. The, you mean the 49 that I did? Fam, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna tell me you didn't get the job done at the end of the day. That's what you're gonna tell me. So it's all it's all relative, man. It's all relative at the end of the day. But Joe, I'm gonna just keep it at that. I'm gonna keep it at that. They made the two stops that they needed to get done and gave Josh the ball back. All right. Anyways, back to what I was gonna try to say. I, I, was, I was being nice there because I was ready to cuss, but I, I ain't trying to cuss because respect people that come on to the show. Anyway, that being said. The, the fake punt. Nick Bolton saw it coming. Watch the <laughs> fake punt. Watch the fake punt. Fam, the whole building saw it. Even I'm telling my wife, I was like, and my buddy that was, that was over, I was like, fam, two things are going to happen. Either they're going to go for it on fourth, and they're going to bring it out, or they're fake punting. Because we're in desperation mode right now. I got it. So if they know you're desperate, it's coming. And of all people to give the ball to, that's the, that's the one that I think I hurt me the most. You know what I'm saying? At least have a running back back there. So at least if you're gonna give the fake punt, they're 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 they have the vision. They know how to you know me handle business. You gave it to Demar Hamlin, and if you saw the slow mo of the lane that there was there was a lane from the crack in, and if you were decisive enough, you could hit that shit. <laughs> Missed opportunity altogether. But the decision, and this is where I'm gonna say, it was a bad. I didn't like the call, but I understood why he did it because a lot of times we get on McDermott for being too conservative. He's too soft. He doesn't want to go for it. He isn't aggressive. He was going for it because he saw what was happening. I didn't like the play call that moment right then, but I understood why. But I hated. I just didn't like it. I didn't like the, the fake punt. And I, I put it under bad slash ugly, but since we're in the bad, I'll put it in the bad. I'll let you jump in there. <laughs> I think staying on the bad for me uh, is special teams in, in, in totality. And then jump on that point a little bit. Um, I was always taught. And once again, I'm not an OC or anything of that nature. But anytime that you're in the building, if you don't fake punts or live in that world when you have an all-world quarterback, because the all-world quarterback practices third down and fourth down 100 times a week, the punt team practices fake punts twice a week. So, like, there are way, there's way more experience and way more repetitions 
with the quarterback getting that make it or break it down as opposed to the punt team, right? So, like, that's kind of how I, I always felt about it. Um, and I know I get it if, it if it works. He's a genius. But I've yep. never really been a fan with teams with elite top-of-the-line quarterbacks doing that, whether that's Mahomes, Lamar, Josh, Burrow, whatever the case may be. Yeah, thank you. Like, if brought my boy Brian, shout out to you for that one. Like, if you have that guy, I trust that guy more than my special teams coach to come up with a creative way to um, to convert it down. So that's kind of how I feel about it. Do you trust your special teams coordinator or do you trust 17? And that's no disrespect to Matthew Smiley, but that is just point blank. I trust 17. Because there are some teams where you're like, you know what? I'll trust my special teams coordinator to create, come up with a creative way as opposed to um, your, your quarterback. And I don't think the Bills are one of those. And then obviously adding on to the special teams, T-Bass missing the uh, missing the kick. Um, I know it's definitely no um, – and, and it sucks for him. And to all the fans who made him deactivate his stuff and all the death threats that's yeah, following yeah, yeah. out of bounds, this is this, this is – this is this is game at the end of the day, and I understand it feels like more than that in the moment. But he had a job to do. He didn't execute there, and unfortunately, that was one of the reasons why they fell on Sunday. It's a tough one, man, and I'll never understand. I'll never understand it, and and I'm gonna jump right into the ugly. And before I do jump into the ugly, I gotta jump to my man Joe because Joe came back. He's clapping back. So oh, your boy Joe it. in the ring. <laughs> Joe's clapping back. I respect it, but let me see what he's clapping back with first of all. Before I respect it, uh, defense gave up nearly first down every every play. Two prayer stops in the fourth quarter. There it is again. See, two prayer stops in the in the fourth quarter doesn't move me. Literally forced our offense to have to be perfect to even have a shot. Let me tell you something, Joe. Okay, understand when you pay your quarterback two hundred fifty million, he's supposed that is supposed to mask deficiencies that you have on your squad. That's why you pay him that type of money. That's number one. Number two, you're maybe you're not listening to what I'm saying to you. So, oh, just do this. The point of the game is for every put your fours up because at the end of the day, that's what matters. Quarters one through three doesn't matter anymore. It's quarters four. What do you do in the fourth quarter? The defense got to stop. Whether they they didn't give you shit in the beginning, they got to stop. And they kept Pat Mahomes and that offense 27 points with a depleted defense. You ain't got no starting corner. You got a banged up Russell Douglas. Your linebackers are freaking bench squad linebackers. One was just off the street. Your pass rush ain't getting after the job done. You got two safeties that are kind of old in the tooth a little bit. One potentially is probably retiring or slash maybe looking for another squad. So, fam, <laughs> cut the bullshit, man. Let's be real. You got the stop that you needed, and offense didn't come through and, and finish the game. So what they did in the first three quarters is irrelevant, really. At the end of the day, it's irrelevant. If Josh went one for 25 from quarters one to three, but he came through and handled business, are you talking about the 1-25 to or are you talking about, golly, he got the game winner? That's what you're talking about, Joe. Don't clap back. Don't clap back because I'll clap back for more. I got more clips. All right? Don't come back for me now. <laughs> but I still respect it, Joe. Um, let me get to the ugly. I mean, uh, is the loss ugly? Is it going 0-3 to Pat Mahomes? Because that's to me that stands out. Going 0-3 to Pat Mahomes stands out. 0-3. Listen, the Jets were my number one hated team. I can't stand the Jets. Can't stand the Patriots. I think the Chiefs are have now surpassed that. I think the Chiefs are number one. And I hate them because I respect them. Because they're whooping our ass. And I can't stand. No, we can't get over the hump with these cats, man. But when you're going up against greatness in A, Andy Reid, B, Travis Kelsey, you know what I'm saying? C, obviously, Pat Mahomes. Like, it's a, it's a tall task. And that defense is legit. That's a good-ass defense. A healthy defense at that. Nick Bolton coming back. 
was a big difference. But they had they sustained some injuries too in that game. But just 0 3 to the Patriots, uh, to the to the Chiefs, man. That's that's what to Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs. That's that's what kills me. To me, that's the ugly that stands out to me. What what stands out to you as ugly? Yeah, that's going on that same line of thinking for me. The ugly is where do you go from here in terms of attacking um this upper echelon of the the AFC? Because you guys haven't been there. I mean, you haven't made it to the AFC championship game since 2020. You haven't made a Super Bowl in this era. So what do you do? And, and you look at the Chiefs, and they've gone through at least three chapters, three different versions of themselves since you first met them, or since they first came onto the scene in 2018. When they first popped on the scene, this was a team with Patrick Mahomes and an explosive oh. offense led by Tyreek Hill, a prime, prime Travis Kelsey, Kareem Hunt. They had all these dudes, and it was an offense-led team that defense eventually let them down. It's the reason why they lost to Brady and the reason why they couldn't get over the hump that first year with Mahomes. Yep. Then they graduated into that same offense – but they had a defense under Steve Spagnolo that was unique enough and opportunistic enough to get the key stop. Whether that was um, the games and the Super Bowls that they won, they were opportunistic. So they graduated a little bit. And then yep. this year, they complete. And obviously, last year it began with losing Tyreek Hill and still figuring out a way to win. But then this year is a different version. This is a team led by an elite defense, probably second or third best in the league. And Patrick Mahomes with a really good interior offensive line. Travis Kelsey, who is still a good tight end, not the prime guy. And then a bunch of just miscasts at wide receiver. That's what's concerning, I think, if you're looking from a Bills perspective, because you still have this same core team that you had four or five years ago. While this Chiefs team has gone through like five different versions of themselves in the past six, seven years. And that's scary because which version are you chasing? Because now you're chasing a team with DBs that can lock you up. But by the time that you go try to do that, the, the Chiefs and graduated again and they didn't switch things up because the Bills for the longest time were like, we need DBs, we need guys to slow down Tyreek Hill. Well, Tyreek Hill gone now. And you and, and so now by the time that you didn't focus on trying to slow down Tyreek Hill, the Chiefs and said, uh-uh, we got to switch it up now. We got to get a defense that can try to slow down 17 in, in, in opportunistic times. So that's where the ugly is for me because it's like, by the time y'all figure out what y'all need, these other teams are figuring out different ways to adapt. And I think that's where I think it's ugly based on how this game went. So what you're saying from what I gather is, is we're not, we're not evolving fast enough. I think that's the way I can do. they're not evolving and getting ahead of the curve. And look, I get it. You had Poe Hyde. You went out and got Vaughn. I'm not knocking the ways that they tried to do it. I mean, mm-hmm. I, at the time I, I loved Vaughn signing and I'm not going to just switch it up now just based on how things have transpired over the past two years, but right. they tried, but unfortunately they're just not evolving at the same pace that KC mm-hmm. is. So when it comes to evolving, whose responsibility is it to evolve? GM slash coach? Simply the GM? Is it coaching? Um, obviously a combination of both. So we're missing. We're and that's the thing. Everybody's wondering, like, what are we missing? What are we missing? Maybe they're just they're just they're not evolving quickly enough, right? And we're we're playing, and my man, my man Pierre tells me this all the time. Uh, catch up mode, they're catching up. While others are are have gone on to kind of like, you know I mean, stay with the trends, if you will. You know what I'm saying? Knowing that this is a passing, this is a, a passing, uh, this is a passing league. And McDermott is, is like, well, this is a passing league. How we affect the passing league is by getting pass rush. Meanwhile, we kind of abandon the DBs. So maybe it's about getting your DBs. I mean, look at Derek Stingley. Is it Derek Stingley? Um, I think his name is Derek. Stingley is a G, right? He's doing his thing with the Texans. So maybe... We've got to bulk up on on the cornerback spot. Who? I mean, I'm I'm speculating at this point, but at the right. same time, you brought something up. We're not evolving quickly enough, right? We think we're ahead of the curve, 
until they switch up and we're like, oh shoot. And these these Chiefs are like, yo, we're two steps ahead of y'all. Catch up. You ain't you ain't there yet. And McDermott's like, mm, I thought I was get, uh and that's why a lot of people are like, yo, get rid of this guy because he's just he's missing the pulse. Maybe he doesn't have the pulse of what's happening. And to add people. and to add on that just a little bit, mm-hmm. the Bills were banged up. And I told you back in like whenever week four or five when they lost Milano and Trey and Daquan um at that time. It was going to be an uphill battle, and the next man up stuff sounded really cute. However, every team in the AFC, save the Chiefs, can say that same exact trope over the past four or five years. The Baltimore Ravens don't feel bad for anyone for the injuries that they've dealt with over the past three years. I promise you Joe Burrow does not feel bad for any team based off what he went through, and Jamar Chase, who lost an extensive amount of time this year. I know the Jets aren't – like I still think they would have had issues – they were battered by injuries this year. There are a bunch of teams where you can say, like, oh, the injuries are why why we weren't here. I hate to break it to you. Every damn team in the AFC can say the same exact thing. The damn 49ers last year were crying to every single podcast on every – crying on every single podcast last offseason because they're on their – actually, they didn't have any quarterbacks left. They didn't have quarterbacks. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I get it, and you're not wrong, but at the end of the day – they didn't get it done no matter who was out there. And, and that's just – it's unfortunate how the game football breaks out, but that's the way it is. Could you could you imagine if uh, I'm a Niners fan and I have no quarterbacks <laughs> and I'm, I'm prepping Christian McCaffrey to be my quarterback and we lose the game and I'm like, but Rico, the, the offense was atrocious. Of course it was atrocious. I didn't have a quarterback. So, hey, sword brother Joseph. Love you, my brother Rico. However, I disagree. The defense was atrocious and has been atrocious every postseason in McDermott era. Listen, they and I'm I I don't know how many times I gotta tell y'all. You're right. I just read off a stat line, and it was before you came on, Carl. I read off a stat line of, of his defensive performances in the playoffs. They've not been great, and that needs to be addressed. And I said that. And if this continues, yo, you gotta go right after next year. But I can't sit here and let you get away with saying something like this, knowing you knowing. And all of us knowing how depleted we were defensively. If you look at the analysts that are talking, they're like, yo, fam, Josh, it's not at this point, it's not about Josh at this point because Josh is that dude. He is that dude. Could we have had more help on this defensive side of the ball? Of course. If we had a healthy, healthy squad, yes. If we even had a fraction of the team of the team that we have defensively, we would have been all better off. Put Christian Benford back in and a healthy result, Douglas. Maybe this, this changes the whole game, right? But that's not what we had. So to say this defense was atrocious, fam, know what we were going through. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Before you kind of say something like that, because that's wild to me. Because we know, we all know, defensively, if we were healthy or healthier, I don't want to say healthy because everybody's banged up, we, we play better. Come on now. Let's be real. Coming with a team like that, defensively, it, there's not a whole lot that, def- that that team can do. But at the end of the day, we're professionals. These guys are professionals. They got a job to do, and we get a job done. That's what it comes down to at the end of the day. So let's switch gears a little bit because I know people want to try to get come from my neck and I'm I'm here for it. Trust me, I believe that. Uh, stop talking about the injuries, Rico. Look at the defense every year, exit blown out. Same shit. Everybody's repeating the same stuff. I'm with you. I'm completely with you. But here's the nature of the business. We're not winning games. And that's where at the end of the day, Brandon Bean's going to have to make some decisions. He's going to have to make some decisions roster-wise. He's going to have to make decisions I mean, him and Pagula, because I don't think he's going to make the decision on his own. But him and Pagula are going to have to make a decision on what they want to do with the coach at the end of the day. Uh, switch gears. And we may come back for questions and uh, and concerns afterwards. What's next for these bills? If you're making, I don't want to say making changes per se, but if you're looking at the the 
offensive side of the ball, defensive side of the ball. We'll stay, we'll go offense first. We're the weakness of the, I don't want to say weakness, but if you're making changes anywhere on the offense, running back room seems to be all right. Maybe add another, another, you know, maybe bruiser type of back if we don't bring back Ty Johnson. Receiver room. What do you do with Stefan Diggs? Gabe Davis probably is on his way out. He'll be probably surveying, and, and I'll be surprised if the team brings it back. I'll be very honest. And this goes for the chat as well. When you're looking at the receiver room, Diggs, Davis, Kalusha Kier obviously coming back, Kincaid obviously, and I'm looking at the tight end room as well. Dawson Knox pay, was paid heavily. Who knows if they decide to bring him back um, or if they decide to kind of do something with his contract. Who knows? But when you're looking at this receiver room, are you okay with what we have? Or are we? is this something uh, this team should be looking at heavily in the draft, maybe first round, maybe second round? Yeah, I definitely think they need to address that position. Um, it's going to be difficult in free agency for the sole fact that good receivers tend, don't, tend to not make it to free agency. Um, I was looking at something earlier. I think Christian Kirk was the best one last year, uh, two years ago. Uh, this past year was definitely not great. The year before that wasn't great either. So, like, I think a guy of Gabe Davis's stature could end up with a contract that would price himself out of Buffalo um, for that reason. So, and I think relying on the uh, free agent, because, like, for example, Michael Pittman, I know everyone's like Michael Pittman. And I'm like, well, there's a zero chance in, like, I say zero, crazy things have happened. If the Colts yep. let him walk out of their building without even a franchise tag, Jim Ursay, sell the team, my boy. You clearly don't know what you're doing. Um, Mike Evans will be a free agent, but you're not the only team who needs a receiver. So, how hard are right. you willing to spend? to get a guy like Mike Evans. So I digress with that. But I do think they need another receiver for two reasons. One, Diggs is 30-31. And regardless if you think his productivity has dropped because of his age, you still need to start grooming another guy to maybe eventually replace him. And look, it won't be easy because a lot of these guys are high draft picks, right? I mean, you look at your Jamar Chases of the world. I know when Brandon Bean said last year and everyone thought he was crazy for saying it, but he was dead honest when he said, I don't want to be bad enough to get a Jamar Chase. And He's kind of right. Like, you don't, it's kind of so it's hard to hit on those guys. And look, I get it. Jettas was taken with the, uh, Justin Jefferson, excuse me, was taken with the Diggs pick. So I'm not saying it's impossible, but like, it's kind of hard to figure that out. But I, to give you a little sneak peek on how this yep. offseason and draft yep. will play out, there's one position that day one through two, I would say, where a receiver is available. Boy, you can get you one because there is different flavors. There are so many different options compared to last year where I would say, um, I think the first receiver went 20. If I'm not mistaken, it was Jackson Smith and Jigba. This year, that boy in Ohio State, Marvin Harrison, he's probably going top three. Roma Dunze, Malik Neighbors. So, like, there are some guys in this draft that I think Dogs. could eventually be the heir apparent to Diggs and also provide the field-stretching capabilities that the Bills sorely need and lacked in that game against the Chiefs. Well, I'm looking at the uh, the free agent receivers that are, that'll be available. And, uh, and we may not even have the money for this stuff, but – I mean, if you can see the list, I'm hoping that you guys can see the list from here. You're looking at your first on the list is Mike Evans. And you were just talking about Mike Evans just turned 30. Um, and so, I mean, he's probably got, we'll call him three, we'll say three years of good football left, maybe two, right? Mm -hmm. uh, to really stay high. I mean, this guy's a thousand yard receiver. He's, he's a walking thousand yard receiver. So right. Mike Evans available. He's going to get paid. His market, I mean, I'm going by spot track. His market value, <laughs> look at that number. Ain't no way, ain't no way we paying this brother 23.8 mil. All right. And that's what he's going to covet because he's, he, he's that, he's that dude. And we already have 
Stephon Diggs on the squad. You can't have two $20 million players on the squad. It's not going to happen. Odell Beckham Jr. is going to be available. I, I have a feeling he's going to try to go back to Baltimore, right? Who knows? Then you got Kurt. Then this is where it dips. Curtis Samuel, Tyler Boyd, Cedric Wilson, Kendrick Bourne, DJ Chark. I mean, Paris Campbell in the slot, but we don't need a, we don't need a, a slot type of receiver. We need a wideout, right? Nelson Aguilar. I'm sorry. I'm straight. Marquise Brown, potentially, right? But his market value from Marquise Brown, 14.8. I don't know if I'm ready to pay for 14 mil, 15 mil. So it's uh it's looking like we gotta might we might be able to have to go to the to the draft. I mean, listen, Michael Pittman Jr. 22-7. I mean, so it's uh it's just one of those situations, folks, that we might be we might have to be uh looking at looking at the draft, man. We gotta look at the draft and try to make 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 something happen in that regard. So there's 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 money to be had some players. It's, it's a big problem. So we might <laughs> We got to hit the draft. We got to hit the draft at the end of the day. So uh, that being said, I mean, receiver. <laughs> you all good. You all good. Yeah, we're good. Yeah, we're good. If you go to the defense side of the ball, what you looking at? Uh, defensive side of the ball. Uh, well, they don't have any guys outside of Ed Oliver on the contract for next year. So you have to obviously have to attack that. Um, got Leonard Floyd, AJ Epinesa up for um, uh, free agency. So you got to figure out how you want to attack that room. But for me, um, I look at how fast and athletic these remaining teams in the playoffs are. And I think you need to infuse some youth in that back seven. And, and, and I, and you have some youth, whether you think Dorian Williams can take the next step, whether um, Turner Bernard showed you enough this year to, to make you feel confident with him going forward. But when you watch these other teams, they, they play with a different pace, a different energy to them. And when you watch this chiefs game back, the reason why they were so content with playing the, you know, leave everything in front of you and we will rally to the football because they have the guys to do it. Like, not everyone is comfortable tackling in space. Me, mm-hmm. I wasn't. Like, like, and there's a, it takes a certain type of guy to do that. And it takes a type of dog. And like, I'll write it off the names for you. The Chiefs were able to do that overnight in one offseason. Now, it's not easy to do that. It's not. Like, nope. the fact that they were able to do that, it speaks to more of the exception, not the rule. But this defense has to get younger, more explosive, and faster because that Chiefs team said, who's usually very aggressive, said, you know what? We're going to play softer this game and not allow Josh to beat us over the top and, and, and allow us to rally to the football. And when you got the freakazoids they have that can run sideline to sideline, not like they're all – all of them aren't all pros, but the the youth, the explosiveness, the athletes that they have allows them to play that style of ball. It's a, it's a, it's a tough – listen, this, this is the NFL, man. It's tough. It's tough to decipher what what needs to be done, but this is this is the this is the league we're in. Turnover every year, and we're at the point where we're one of the older oldest rosters in the game. We've got to get younger, like you said. There are certain things that you mean when you're younger, spry, and ready to go. You can do. We just don't have that. We just don't have that right now. So we're going to have to make some major moves on the defensive front. The linebacker room, I think, is all right. I think we have Milano coming back. I don't know what kind of player he's going to be, but I think he'll be just fine coming back. You got him and Terrell Bernard. That that's short. I, I feel very good with what's going to be happening in the linebacker room next year. We got to just figure out what we're doing at the safety spot because we potentially could lose both. Uh, so that's going to be a big need. I mean, so listen, there's a lot of things that need to be happening uh, this year. So let, let's put a, a button uh, in this show. And I appreciate you always coming on. I mean, I'd be I've appreciated you all year round. Uh, you've been fantastic. I think it's been a nice flavor to the show. And uh, you've given us some great perspective. 
uh, on, uh, on what to look for. And in the chat, what are the three main positions that the team should be looking at come draft time? Uh, obviously, they're going to hit the free agency first. And, and Bean said it today, man. If you think I'm going to be making some splashes, yo, I'm shopping at the bargain bin place. I don't know what the bargain bin place is in the States is. Is it Dollar Tree? Is yeah, it, that sounds about right. Dollar Tree, Dollar Tree. Yeah. I don't know what's similar to Dollar Tree, but all the other all the other stores that are like that, that's where Bean's going to be shopping. So um, expect that to happen. Now, maybe one min, miniature splash that's got everybody going. But listen, Bills fans are going to be looking to say, okay, what do you got for us? So, He's going to have a tough time. 43 million over the cap. Big changes are going to have to be made. So uh, that being said, let's put a let's put a button in this one, man. Uh, obviously, if you were to grade this season from regular season to right to the end, what do you grade this season for these bills? Uh, grade for the season uh, compared to from my expectations, I just didn't think they had enough defensively to finish out the year i just quite frankly didn't think that so to be quite frank for them to make it this far i think said a lot to how they were able to adapt um based off the personnel that they were given because i i, I really appreciate i really want people this weekend to watch the four remaining teams and the lions are an outlier they really are like the fact that they made it this far with that defensive group really says a lot about the rest of the guys and Walter, you are hilarious. But uh, <laughs> but when you look at the, the, the rest of the group, the, the other three teams, they play different and they have a different type of personnel out there. And obviously the Bills lost two of the best personnel that they had in Milano and Trey. If I had to give a grade, I don't know. If, if, a, if I was a player, it would be an F, you know, because you always feel like you want to um, come home with the, with the trophy. But for me – I give it a, I give it, a, yeah, I was going to say CC plus. Like, that's kind of how I felt. Like, there, I mean, I can't give you an A because you have to fire your offensive coordinator. So, like, clearly we're, we're, we're on a, we're a little bit of a curve based off of that. Um, and then you got the injuries. Sean McDermott did a phenomenal job, job uh, bouncing back from that. Same token, though, like, you, you had the Chiefs at home opportunity. Ah, man, I'll say this, though, for all those who are dooming and glooming right now, these things can change overnight. They really can. They can. Um, like I just said, the Chiefs team, um, if y'all remember that Super Bowl where Patrick Mahomes was running for his life and literally, I think, ran the most miles a quarterback has ever ran in a game. The Chiefs literally in one offseason had five brand new offensive linemen to help him out. That's what they did. In the previous year, the defense wasn't getting it done. They literally draft hit on seven picks in one draft. Right. Please. Look at the Baltimore Ravens from this past year. Although they did have injuries over the past two years that kind of limited their heights, but they had an offensive coordinator who prided himself on being on some running game guy and receivers who, quite frankly, don't know if any of those guys are still in the league. I know Demarcus Robinson still plays for the Rams, but the rest of those guys I know ain't play. like Deshaun Johnson, Jackson is on TV. He ain't on playing ball. Right. And they were able to get that offense back on track and one of the better in the in the league this year. So I understand it ain't great for y'all right now, and and that's the way it is how this fandom thing works. But it's possible. Not saying it's easy. But those are just some recent examples of how this thing can flip quick and not easy at all. But it's happened before. So you're saying in Brandon Bean, we trust. Oh, I ain't telling you to trust him. I'm telling you it's happened. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't telling you to trust him or not. That ain't that I have to give you a little bit more uh dive a little deeper for that one. I but got you. but uh, I think if you would have said, Oh my god, John Harbaugh has embraced um receivers 
like this late into his career, you'd be like, what the hell? The Ravens ain't never went and got no damn receivers. But the fact they were able to get an Odell Beckham Jr., they were able to get a Zay Flowers. They were able to well, they hit help. On Zay. They, they hit on, on Zay. exactly. Isaiah Likely, they got him in the – some teams change how they get things done, and those are just some recent examples of how that has happened. Well, Carl Jones, you've been fantastic. You've been amazing. I uh, Listen, folks, if, if you were looking to see a little bit more – of my man Carl Jones, smash that like, and uh, hopefully we can get Tra- Carl Jones to give us a little bit of insight when it comes down to draft talk. Draft, he's he's that dude, and we're gonna lean heavily on my man to come through and give us some insight on some draft prospects. Uh, if you guys enjoyed, my man, uh, smash that like. And before you get out of here, divisional round is done. We're going into the AFC Championship. Pat Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, who you got? Um, I'm taking the team that's dominated this entire year. I think the the Ravens, I think they're like nine and one or something ridiculous. Y'all can go find it against uh, playoff teams, and they've won all those games by double digits outside of the Rams, if I'm not mistaken. They have kicked the living teeth out of every single team. Would I be surprised if my homeboy put something out of his hat again? No, I wouldn't. I mean, I'm not saying this now, and I'm, I said it before the game, and I said, I said it before, that Chiefs offense is – Mediocre at best. And he's done a great job carrying that team. Um, I just don't know if he'll be able to do it against the Ravens defense that literally plays like uncaged dogs. And th- and this is the crazy thing, right? And not to go back to the Bills game, because it's like when you said it, this this Chiefs offense wasn't great. And this was the opportunity for the Bills to jump on them because I can guarantee you they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna revamp that O line next year heavily. They're gonna revamp that whole line heavily, and now, like you said. We didn't evolve enough. We didn't evolve enough, and now we think that we got them, and then we're like, "Oh shit!" They're back to being that powerhouse that they are. So we need to match that that same energy. So you got Lamar in the Super Bowl against Brock Purdy. Or yeah, yeah. I got my boy. I'll take I'll take the 49ers. I know for those at home, Lions fan by like you know trade, I guess because my best friend Fatu Melafama was their safety, who's been playing great by the way. They but moved to safety. Yeah, he has safety now. Yeah, he's had like he's got like four and a half sacks in the past month. Oh, that's a good move. That's pay that boy, move. whoever they Brad Holmes, go pay that boy so I can get yep. a piece of that. But, no uh, doubt. <laughs> but uh, I think the Niners, I think they're the Avengers. They get that's their nickname a lot. And if I think they have like six or seven all pros, another three or four pro bowlers. That team is just, I think, too talented to lose again in a game that won't be rain this time, I think. So Brock Purdy should play a little better. And then for the Super Bowl, I'll roll with um man. Yep. It's tough because I think the Niners turnover, I'm not going to call it fluky, but that's how they happen. However, I tend to go with who the better quarterback is. And that boy Lamar, what he did in that second half against the Texans team. Special. Yeah, he, <laughs> he, he's a good boy. And uh, and for someone who played against them back in 2016 and literally saw the rise, I saw him before he became Lamar Jackson. I'm happy that he's doing other grown men the way he did me. I'll say that. Listen, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, listen. I think I might I might agree with you, man. Because as much as uh, and this is a bit of a spite in a way, I can't have Mahomes win another one. I just can't. <laughs> I can't have Mahomes win another one because then that's just more on on Josh Allen's head. You know what I mean? That's more on his head. We can't have that. So, uh, but in all in all jo- jokes aside, I do like uh, the Lions. The Lions are a great story. They are, but the the Niners are different. The Niners are different, and Christian McCaffrey is just he's that dude, man. 
and he sets the tone for the 49ers and Brock Purdy is a what you call a game manager whatever right. you want to call it he gets the job done he gets the job done at the end of the day and they're proving that they would have won the whole thing last year if not for him being hurt so this is redemption for them so they they're going to try to win this one and i think that the as much as i love lamar going to the super bowl but i think the 49ers take it um i think uh lamar's going to have to have one of those games where he just torches torches cats and some days he gives you 115 yards it's not going to cut it Right. And that's not going to cut it. And I've seen what the, the this Ravens team can look like sometimes when they're neutralized and CMC and Debo is going to be just fine. I think they'll get past the lines as much as I want to give the Lions some credit. I think they'll get past the lines. I think the 49ers when the Super Bowl goes back to the NFC and then we start this whole season all over again. Anyway, my guy, Carl Jones, much love to you. Uh, we're going to we're going to chop it up as always. These shows will continue. So if you're like, yo, what's the topic today? I'm in. I'll, I'll, I'll hit you up. I got number time, baby. Hey, I got number time. So, ladies and gentlemen, we might keep this thing rolling, boy. Uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Carl Jones from News 8, The Rock. He's a Cleveland boy. I know he's hurting that his Cleveland Browns and uh, do, do a damn thing. But uh, next year, there's always next year now. It's always next year. That's what they've and been when, telling me since I've been a kid. There you go. <laughs> there's always next year. Listen, we've been hearing that from, from the Bills for a long ass time. Tom Brady was there. It's always next year. But now we got four division champs under our belt, and we still sit here asking questions like, what the heck happened? So hopefully Brandon Bean has some answers. And uh, we got one more year with Sean McDermott. If Sean McDermott doesn't get it done, then I'm on board. And everybody, everybody's saying he got to go. But here we are. That's what it is, man. So ladies and gentlemen, Carl Jones in the building. We salute you, and we'll catch you on the flip side, man. Sound good. Appreciate you guys. Thanks, everybody, for the chat, for enjoying me. And uh, hopefully we keep this thing rolling. We will keep it rolling, and maybe you're going to bring some of your film study with you. We can sign, we can bring some thing down, or I just hey. everybody to your chat. I don't know. Hey, man, like I said, I got number time, baby. Number, number time. time, baby. All right, man. Carl Jones, salute to you, man. Ladies and gentlemen, that's my guy. If you guys honestly, I really enjoy Carl. I mean, we've talked on the side, and uh, we've gotten uh, opportunities to kind of you know what I mean talk real. You know what I mean football aside, and just talking you know, man to man. Yo, good dude, very good dude. And and for those in the chat. You know what I really do appreciate that we can disagree, but ain't nobody like calling each other out, out, out your mama's name. Like we're not, we're not being disrespectful. That's what I really do appreciate. I really do appreciate that. Uh, my man, Walter S has been holding my ass accountable. He's been, it's the coaches. Stop being a bitch and explain that it's the coaches. Mother effort. I even, I even had a conversation with my man, James, the mountain man. You know what I'm saying? When, uh, when we get to, when we get to talking, we get to talking, right? The fire in the belly. Listen, we've had, amazing times in this chat i'm sure we have and you guys have been chatting with each other amongst the chat and uh it uh it doesn't go unnoticed man and uh the the podcasts will continue uh will we change the schedule a little bit probably uh we'll probably keep this going for a little bit and then uh myself rev and zbot will try to figure something out maybe we might have just like a one podcast a week where it's the three of us i'm not sure yet we'll still figure things out i'm still doing my thing on on the bleacher report as well so we're, there's always going to be some kind of content um here there but uh for the most part man what a year man and uh the, the, i'm going to do some podcasts of the year in review and uh we'll kind of give you know what i mean we'll break down you mean all the position groups and what we've graded what we thought of them and where we can improve and what we can do i mean there's gonna be so many things that we can talk about um and uh we shall we go from there man but much love to each and every one of you guys. It's uh, it's been an amazing, amazing time. It just sucks the results of the season 
because we should definitely still be playing. Oh, we should definitely still be playing. But uh, I got some some super chats that I got to roll through because I can't disrespect y'all by not reading your super chat. So let me jump on. And this is early. So forgive me if I go on more rants. But Signified knows what's up, Sig. Uh, and listen, I appreciate every super chat that you guys go through. I read them, but it goes, it, it's much appreciated. Let's, let's just get that out the way. Uh, Diggs will be the first one to throw Allen under the bus in the summer. But when the shits, when he shits the bed in the playoff, he skips out on talking to the media and makes Josh face the music. Now, I do have something to say about that because he wasn't the only one that left uh, without talking to the media. And obviously, as the franchise quarterback of the of the team, they're going to want to hear from you. They're going to want to hear what you got to say because you're the franchise. And Josh... Win or lose, man, he shows up, chin up, and and faces the music. You have to give him credit because a lot of times he could say, no comment, or I ain't ready to talk about that. Or, I mean, give us some BS BS answers, and he doesn't want to answer, but he answers everything as truthful as possible, and you can feel it. Now, one thing I will say, when listening to Josh's, <clears throat> listening to Josh's uh, press, pressers after the game and even, even the day after, and uh, what I did love was he's like, yo, we're still breathing. At the end of the day, we're still breathing. And what what pretty much what he's telling you is this. It's just a game. I mean, it sucks. But listen, it, it, things could be way worse. There are people to this day right now that are in a hospital bed that wish they could be walking and talking and doing all those things. And there are people so angry in life that they're threaten, threatening you and this, that. It's a game, man. I'm here, I'm breathing, and I love that perspective from Josh. I really do. You know what I'm saying? And as a Christian man, I, I'm thankful for every day that I wake up, that I'm able to see my kids and do this and do that and sit here and chat with y'all and all of that stuff, man. And uh, and that's a, it's amazing. So it's an amazing perspective to look at it that way. But him facing the music, I love it. But when Stefan Diggs is not there, I do have a problem with that. I know you're pissed. I know you're going to, and you're going to get grilled. And as you should, you're a number one receiver. You got to answer it. And here's the crazy part. I, maybe we do, or maybe we don't. Maybe he takes all off season to say, okay, maybe I need to check myself. Maybe I need to check myself. Maybe I need to, you know what I'm saying? Understand that maybe I was the issue. Who knows what he plans to do this off season. What I don't want to see is you skip out on talking to the media after the game. Fine, you're pissed off. Whatever the reason is. You know what I mean? You leave the locker room before anybody can get in there. Whatever. But all of a sudden, I see you talking on Radio Row, and you got lots to say to Rich Eisen, to, you know what I mean, NFL Network, and ESPN, and you just yapping away like Chatty Cathy? I might have a problem. Because that's what you should have been doing in front of the media to own up to your not-so-great play. Your, your non-existence. Really, let's keep it a buck here. He was non-existent. He, you, you gave me what Trent Shurfield was giving me. And I expect it from Trent Shurfield because he ain't that dude. He's not getting paid $20 million a year, 20 plus. So I expect you to, to face the music, get in front of that microphone and say, yeah, man, yo, it wasn't good. You know what I'm saying? That's my guy, Josh. And we go, for, you didn't give us nothing. So now you're giving ammo you mean to, to, to some of those mean folks that are out there that's going to be calling you out you by your name because you didn't do that. And now you're going to talk about all oh, the bills off your hater. Nah, bro. Stand up to the mic and speak and get it, get, get it off your chest or, or answer the questions that are going to come your way because there's going to be some tough questions. What the hell happened? 
You dropped that football. Have you had problems with dropping footballs? Well, you're going to have to face that one way or another. But you didn't. You skipped out on that. So I better not see your ass all over Radio Road Super Bowl. We'll be watching your ass. Because you can talk then, but you don't want to talk then? Now? Hmm. We'll be watching. So Signify knows I got you, man. I got you. You got to face the music, bro. Music. I wouldn't mind seeing McDermott gone, but outside of one one of one off from Cincy, no one can beat these guys in the playoffs. They beat everybody. So would a new coach stand a chance? That's why that's to me, that's why I'm like, yo, McDermott, I, I still F with McDermott, but I will I will say that you, we can't have the same crap happen next year unless I see you take care of business against Pat Mahomes. You got to, because if you're not getting the job done, then we're gonna look for someone that will get the job done. It's that simple. It really is that simple. Brandon Bean's got to know that. I'm sure Pagula said it. You got one more year. I don't give a damn if I gave you guys extension. Brandon Bean, you I keep. Him, he's got to figure it out. I like him, but he's got to figure it out because my franchise, I can't have that. I can't have the good people of Buffalo, city of good neighbors, paying all this money, you know what I'm saying, shoveling my damn stadium to see this bullshit happen in the playoffs and not beat Pat Mahomes. No, 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 we can't. Can't do that. Can't do that. Cameron Hayes, what's up, Camp? Member for 12 months. Yo, a year in as a member. Salute to my guy. He gives, I got to show some love. My guy Cameron Hayes was good. Cameron Hayes says, yo, my biggest peeve this year was the wide receivers. One and two debacle. Where is the consistency on the wide out front? Josh has the gun, and I'm lost for words. I think you'll see, you'll see us. I think you'll see Brandon Bean really address the receiver. The one thing I can tell you is that the slot receiver is taken care of. Right for the longest time, we were trying to figure out what we were going to do with the slot. Once, uh, obviously, Cole Beasley left. Once Cole Beasley left, we tried to fill it with, with uh, Isaiah McKenzie. It looked like it was looking like the best thing, and then it just dissipated. Right? We we brought in uh, who else? We brought we brought in um, the, that dude from the Jets. It's eluding my name because he got hurt. He broke his he broke his leg the first week. Right? So he was it didn't work out. We finally found something three years later to duplicate what Cole Bees was able to do, and it's only going to get better. So big shout-out to Kalu Shakir. But we are going to have to look at the receiver room. You need a wideout, a bona fide wideout that can, that can get separation and be a difference for Josh Allen. Josh Allen just needs a guy to get separation, and he'll get, he'll get you the ball. He'll get you the ball. So pairing someone with Stephon Diggs is a must, is a definite must, whether it's free agency or whether it's in the draft, but you got to get yourself a dog. You got to get yourself a dog. Um, let me see what else I got. Um, you asking Josh to be perfect is unfair to ask him that every time we play KC. Tom has won multiple playoff games when he's thrown three interceptions. Could you imagine how bad the game would be if Josh did that? But this is what it comes down to. When you want to beat a guy like Pat Mahomes, you have to be perfect, especially because you know that your defense doesn't come through and it has not come through in the past for you. So that's the only way you got to, because if Josh is a media, if Josh plays mediocre, it's over with. You guys know that. And there's games where Josh has played mediocre, but the defense came through and helped out. Don't get me wrong. But when it matters most in the playoffs, I mean, listen, Josh is a turnover machine. You already know that when it comes to the playoffs, he tightens up. He doesn't give, get, get rid of the ball. He doesn't give you the ball, right? That's two consecutive games where he did not, Tearing the ball over. Now he did fumble, but we recovered it. But nonetheless, he didn't turn the ball over. But yes, 
sometimes your quarterback has to be perfect, has to be perfect. Now, you mentioning if Tom Brady throws three interceptions, that's cool. But guess what? Tom Brady will throw you three interceptions, but the defense, obviously him having a defense, will hold it down and keep you in the game. And you give Tom Brady a minute and a half, and you give him time, and you give him close enough that he can get the game to be won, he'll get it done. So those three interceptions get nullified because he gets the job done. I'm telling you right now, if Josh comes in and scores that touchdown with whatever time's left, with a minute left, most folks out here saying, yeah, but you gave Pat Mahomes too much time. Anything can happen defensively, man, because now pressure's on, right? So maybe Von Miller gets free and sacks and fumble, and here we go. You just never know. You just want to be able to get a chance to be on top, right? Or get close enough, we score a field goal, and nothing happens if we go into overtime. Now we're back into overtime. So many de- scenarios this could have went. So many ways this went. This could have went. But here we are. But you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Sometimes you, you have to have your quarterback be perfect. That's the only way that it's going to work, especially with what we were dealing with specifically in this game. Specifically. Uh, Steve Lachere, or What's that? Lacherite? Lacarite? Steven, appreciate you. I didn't get your, your super chat. Hopefully I can go back and, uh, and, and read some of the comments that you have in there, and maybe I can find it. Congrats, defense. You made two stops all game. Come on now. <laughs> you guys are begging on that defense, knowing they were beat up. I can't believe it. Knowing this defense is beat up, but you're still going to try to hold them to, uh, to high standards when they're beat up. It's just, it's, it's crazy to me. Um, Space Oddity says, we need a receiver, we need a safety, and we need a DT. Three biggest needs on this team. Ooh. Three biggest, okay. I know safety is one of them. I know safety is one of them, but uh, for, for other places that we could head, I mean, there's so many places we could definitely hit, for sure. Rico, why does every elimination game uh, Josh balls out, nobody else steps up? Ah, that's the big question, bro. That's the big question. We need others to step up. And the one, the one thing that's very alarming, I'm going to read you off some stats. And I mentioned it to you guys before, so this is not going to be new to you because you guys have heard it from me before. But playoffs against the Chiefs, right? The playoffs against the Chiefs. Let me read you off these numbers. 3-21. You know what those numbers are? Those are those are Stefan Diggs's numbers the last four years in the playoffs against the Chiefs. Sorry, in the playoffs. And I think is I think these are divisional round games. Six receptions for 77 yards in 2020. I think that was the AFC Championship game. In 2021, three receptions for seven yards. In 2022, four receptions for 35 yards. That was against the Bengals. Yesterday or Sunday's game, three receptions for 21 yards. For a bona fide number one receiver, it's unacceptable. Unacceptable. I'm just gonna go. I didn't I didn't even see the I was so I was so pissed off with this game that I'm going to the Bucks Lions game. I'm just curious to see what uh Mike Evans was able to do. Check this out. In the divisional game, Mike Evans, eight receptions for a buck 47, 18.4 yards of pop and a touchdown. That's what you're supposed to get from your number one receiver. That's what you're supposed to get from your number one receiver. Let's go to the, the Lions side, right? Jared Goff threw for 287 yards and two touchdowns. You know who the number one receiver is over there? Amon Ross St. Brown. 
Amara St. Brown had eight receptions for 77 yards, 9.6 yards, and one touchdown. That's Amon Ross St. Brown. Let's go, let's go over. Let me, let me see. Let me just try the other game. Let's go um Ravens. And it's always tough because the Ravens. Who who the hold on? The Ravens game, the, the Raven game that just happened just now. Hold on, let me just put this up here. He's, your number one receivers, that's what's supposed to happen. That's what's supposed to happen. So Ravens against the against the uh the, the Texans. So we'll go with the Texans first. CJ Stroud threw for 175 yards. His leading receiver, Nico Collins, five for 68, right? But they only scored they only scored 10 points. Ravens were, I mean, the Ravens are the Ravens, right? You go to the Ravens side of the ball. Lamar Jackson threw for 152 yards and two touchdowns. His leading receiver, not going to be much, but it's Zay Flowers for four for 41, right? Three for 39 and two for, but they won 34-10. This was on the legs of, of uh, Lamar Jackson. He had 11 rushes for 100 yards with two touchdowns. And he had, he had two touchdown passes thrown, one to Isaiah Likely and the other one to neighbor, uh, excuse me, uh, Nelson Aguilar. All right, let's go to 49ers with Brock Purdy and them boys. Just to give you an idea what your number one receiver like, I mean, we needed more. We absolutely needed more from our number one receiver, right? Let me keep rolling. Packers, Packers, Niners, Jordan Love, 194 yards, two touchdowns, two picks, right? His leading receiver is Romeo Dubs with four receptions for 83 yards. And that's who he was targeting. And that's who he was hitting. We need more. We need more. We needed more from Stefan Diggs and he didn't give it to us. Let's go to the pack show. You go to the, you go to the 49ers. Brock Purdy, 252 yards. Leading receiver was George Killer for four for 81. Right? Jennings, five for 61. Brenda Ayuk, three for 32. And then Debo Samuels got hurt. Your number one receiver is supposed to give you a shot, damn it. And in that Lions game, not only Amon Rossi Brown did his thing, but Laporta was on fire. We absolutely, we got gypped at the end of the day. We got gypped. We didn't get what we deserved out of Stephon Diggs, man. We got gypped. And this ain't the first game, nor the second, nor the third. This is four games straight. When we need him in these playoffs, this brother don't show up. This brother don't show up. Pierre told me, if you go back to look at Stefan Diggs in the playoffs, you got to go back to when he was with Minnesota, when he had that his, his catch that the safety completely whiffed on and got him in the end zone. That was the last time he did anything valid in the playoffs. And you got yourself a better quarterback in Josh Allen. Anyway, so to answer your question, how come people ain't helping? We need more. We need more. Diggs and Sherfield got me actually missing Davis. Ah, yeah, yeah. That's when you know it's a problem. <laughs> That's when you know it's a problem, man. So, uh, boys, girls, that's it for me. You guys have yourself a fantastic evening. We will do this again, maybe on Friday. I'm not sure yet. Um, and uh, we'll start to kind of reconfigure what we do uh, with these uh, these off-season podcasts. So, Keep uh, keep tuned in. We're still gonna give you some stuff. We're gonna. I told you I'm gonna go hard this this year, this offseason. Get interviews with players and so on and so forth. I'm really interested in seeing how things play out, and we'll go from there. So that being said, that's my time. Hope you guys really enjoyed the show, and uh, we look forward 
to bring in more heat and bring in more content to the Buffalo Fanatics. I appreciate each and everyone, every one of y'all. And uh, keep supporting BF, man. Until next time, it's your boy Rico. Here's the Buffalo Fanatics. Rico Port. And we'll catch you guys on the flip side. Y'all have a fantastic evening. And I'm out. Peace. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.